This is Amateur Logic, episode 172, for August 15th, 2022. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world's leaders in ham radio accessories, and by ICOM. Contest season is here. Keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. Good evening. Welcome to another exciting episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. And I'm Mike. And it's good to be back with you again, as always. I tell you, getting the show together tonight has been um, a real treat. (laughs) (laughs) It's been right down to the wire. To start the day off with, well, actually it happened last night, my... uh, my sewer is stopped up, so I've spent all day outside working on that and still have uh, have not got it done yet. So I had to stop so we could do the show. And uh, various and sundry other things. So it has been an interesting day for me so far. So uh, if I doze off, you know, you'll know why. Okay. Well, you have a good excuse. Okay. So, Tommy, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been uh, I've got a new toy to play around with. It's uh, pretty cool. Looking forward to showing you guys that. You do. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's really awesome. Okay. Email. What's been going on down there? Ah, uh, well, besides uh, tip to uh, tiptoeing in between the raindrops every day. And the thunderstorms avoiding the lightning, we've been uh, kind of pulling together some things and getting ready for Huntsville. I think I might see some people there, huh, t- uh, Tommy and George? You, you might see some people you know there. It's a good chance. Yep. And it's not just us. Uh, well, Wayne, KG5RE will be there. Vince, Wayne's brother. Chip cool. will be there from the chat room. Yeah, K9 nice. Yep. For the infamous chipstick. Uh, yep. And I'm John's not, coming too, uh, George. John will be there and another ham from the local area here, Larry. Yep. So we know there's going to be at least a half a dozen people there already. <laughs> that that we know. That, I'm I pretty mean, sure there might be more than that. I'm not sure. Oh, I, I suspect it's going to be a large crowd over there. I know... Uh, Pretty sure Ray Novak's going to be there. Richard Stubbs, yep, uh, with MFJ will be there. Just, uh, I bet it'll be. I bet the Hamfest will be uh, like, like it always has been. Oh Big yeah, crowd, same exhibit. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be the first one for me in two and a half years, I guess. Wow. 
Well, it'll be the third one for me this year, but I'm going to yeah. buy something if I don't buy anything but a PL259. <laughs> I thought I remember you saying that you had used up that bucket full that you had. Yeah. Uh, we need some more nose rings. Didn't you buy a wheelbarrow full of PL259s years ago? Yeah, I should have. Yep. We bought a whole bunch of those gold ones, but we've yep. given them away. Well, Mike, what's been going on up there? We had a system to shut down at work, so I've got the next two weeks off. And um, I thought I'd have all kinds of time for projects, but uh, so far, not so good. Uh, although it's been pretty warm here and uh, keep that humidity with all that rain email keep it down there we don't want it we got a reprieve a couple of days ago and uh uh we're back into you know reasonable temperatures where we can open the windows up so i hope to get some projects completed that i've started and never finished i say that every year but something always comes up (laughs) Marty's in the chat room tonight, so watch out. Don't complete too many, or he'll that's, win. That's right, or he's going to win. <laughs> yep. Oh, K2BAG is in there. Oh, the Hat is in the seen, house? You haven't seen John the Hat in a long time. Yeah, yeah. it's good to see you in there, John. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got a number of things we're going to talk about tonight. I officially am the slacker of the month which means I didn't shoot a video segment for tonight. So with with four of us here, we can't really get four separate videos in usually, although everybody's was a little bit shorter than normal this time Not around. Mine. Not yours. You were okay. one second under. Yeah, one second under, well, 10 minutes. It was a little shorter for you than... Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little long-winded. Yeah. Uh, we did shoot some video, though. Tommy and I... I've shot a lot of video here. You know, we've been talking for literally months about the repeater we're about to put on the air here. The uh, the new uh, ICOM D-Star Generation 3 repeater. We got it. We got it going. It's, it's not at the repeater side. It's actually sitting right down here in front of this table. And we were on it last night. Yeah. Well, we were on the gateway. Yeah, on the gateway. I was on the repeater. Oh, that's right. You sure? Yeah. Yeah, I was using my handy talking because it's sitting right here in the in the shack. But uh, we'll have it on site, and uh, I I want to do it before Huntsville, so we'll see if we can't get it over there and get it where it's going to live. But it is well, it's live right now, but. Just no antenna, a dummy load. I'm sure you'll see more about that in the future. Yep, you will, because we shot a whole lot of video. So we we got some splaining to do, or at least Tommy does. <laughs> well, let's get on into the first. I don't know. This is not an email. This is a post, isn't it? It's yours. Yeah, I, that's why I didn't print the show's the rundown. Oh, yeah, it is a post. It's a Facebook post from our friend Bob, and uh, his call sign is DV7NIB. It's kind of a short email, but it's a short post, but it's really cool. If it says, to our fellow hams, adventures in battery land are all about battery parts. One, two, 
one and two, seventy-three from DV seven NIB, and it's a link to uh, these nuts and volts uh, articles. It's uh, two, it's one article but two parts, I guess. But it's got all kind of cool information about batteries on there, and it, I guess think you can tell a kind of bit of a battery nut due to uh, you can tell from all the segments that I've done on the topic. But uh, there's stuff in here about powering your microcontroller. Connecting your battery to an Arduino, how much power does your project need, uh, different battery options, milliamp hours, power management, uh, battery controller circuit, how to read voltage, different things like that. Some things we've covered here on Amateur Logic in the past in different segments, but some of it we haven't, and uh, it's a pretty good source of information, so appreciate you sharing that with us, Bob. Yeah, Nuts and Volts Magazine is... It's a good magazine. I've been a subscriber for several years now. I always look forward to new issues coming yeah. in. So, yeah, there's a lot of good info in there. So those uh, two links will be in the show notes. Yep. Cool. Well, the first video tonight, I tell you, um, I think tonight Mike will be giving email a run for his money with the cheapness. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, it's it's on, Emil. What's going on? <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's... I even got Emil beat for uh, Huntsville Hamfest this year. I bet you I spend a lot less than he does. <laughs> yeah, I bet you Cause do. Because I can't go. <laughs> Send me some money. I'll buy stuff for you. <laughs> well, Emil, what's your segment about tonight? Well, George, I'm glad you asked. Because every once in a while... I kind of look over my shoulder and <laughs> check to see if um, there's something that has changed with all the uh, um, software and all the free softwares that are out there and all, everything. And, you know, just to, to look back and see what changed. Did anybody update anything? And this segment pretty much is the epitome of that. Me going back and looking to see if there's any updates or something I need to uh, – Worry about adding features, you know, whatever it is, and it's all digital. Um, so check it out. It's uh, everything digital as far as uh, updates and what have you. So check it out. Hello, George, Tommy, Mike. Amateur Logic TV viewers. In this episode, I wanted to go through a whole heap of updates on the digital fronts. Lots happening out there lately. First one on the list here you see is FreeDV. <clears throat> While on the uh, trip to Ohio, invention, we got to interview some people who are messing around with <clears throat> FreeDV that uses the Kodak 2. Kodak for our digital voice over HF using the open standard or open licensed software for uh, digital voice over HF. They've got this new mode in here that gets it right down to uh, one kilohertz of bandwidth, which is incredible to me. There's an update from uh, FreeDV that I'm going to try out late, later. Besides that, there's been some updates, pretty much constant updates being made to the VAR AC chat, as you can see here, it's HF and digital chat using the uh, VARA protocol. That has an awesome interface, in my opinion. 
control the rig, send files, chats, have chat QSOs, as well as now there's integrated mailboxes and also HF relay capabilities built in through other stations. So um, very interesting stuff happening on the VAR AC fronts. You got to check that out. Of course, that protocol I'm talking about that is this one here, the VARA HF or VARA FM. And now I see there's a uh, Varasat protocol, which if you look at the charts, rivals the Pactor modes as far as speed and signal to noise ratio. A huge difference in cost there, as you know, for, between the hardware modems and this software protocol. That is if you activate it uh, properly and use it properly. Neat stuff happening on those fronts with Vara. Uh, one of the other things I noticed, even with all of the things happening in uh, you, the Ukraine is a software for a packet from UZ7HO has an update as well. All of these have a change log or somewhere <clears throat> after you install it or on their websites about what they're changing. The biggest thing to know is that no matter what the uh, digital front is here for people using data modes, streaming voice modes, you name it, it's all dynamic right now. Um, lots of changes, lots of updates. This one was just updated in June of 2022. Uh, I know the Barra protocol is also constantly being updated, as well as this, which just got released recently from uh, 4Z1AC. So ooh, the latest was February for FreeDV. And finally, you know, there's a hot spot for all the digital modes, the PyStar, MMDVMs, and those things. But what about this one? If you haven't checked it out yet, this is a DigiPy from KM6LYW. It's also, uh, think of it as a hotspot for all the digital modes. Literally one Pi that will switch between uh, hosting all of these services you see here. And uh, he's, uh, he's always making updates to that and producing his own sets of videos on what to do with it and how he's using it. So that, that's really neat stuff. Lots of information about how to interface it with your rigs. And uh, this is a, something that me and Glenn have been talking about and uh, putting together. It works. <laughs> we tested it last uh, winter field day and it just worked for sending a message on our uh, Digi packet system. So lots of stuff out there. Check it out. Lots of changes. Pay attention to some of these features that are coming out. So some of the really neat features of this application that are uh, improved are the use of slots. He's basically got slots set up that you can go in check out to see if anybody's on them or call CQ and then it'll go wait at another frequency. I thought that was very interesting uh, change he's made. Other features are file transfers and some uh, canned responses for chatting. Kind of reminiscent of the old PSK 31 days and those clients. But the fact that this chat software will basically tell you when someone's chatting, it's, it's kind of got a modernized feel to it. Not as fast as uh, pure internet chat clients or things like that, but still bringing some new features into HF chat or keyboard-to-keyboard -keyboard modes and really uses that uh, Vera protocol pretty good. So I got to hand it to him. I like what he's doing with this, and I use it. And there's a pretty steady stream of development going into this. So check out that with Vera AC. One of the other features that's in there 
as you can see in the screen to the right, is the use of PSK Reporter. I found it just works. I like seeing where my signal's being heard, even though I'm only chatting to one person. You can uh, actually see the uh, QSOs or what's hearing you through the use of PSK Reporter. Kind of like, uh, again, PSK as well as uh, Whisper in some of the WSJTX modes. Good use of this stuff. Uh, check that feature out. Well, as far as the UZ7HO sound modem front, uh, what I use it for is the uh, RMS packet gateway that I run off of our uh, Digi here in Slidell. Uh, that's an updated version there to look out for. And as for the Vara HF modem, you can see here there's a 462 version now, um, which can be registered for the uh, full speed. Of course, I use it primarily with Winlink Express for the Winlink system, but of course you can also use it with the uh, Vara or VARAC. The same protocol, different software that uses it. can mention Winlink Express, but every time you start it, it updates. It'll update itself or ask you. Uh, so it's built in, check for updates constantly with the forms as well as the software itself. Again, excellent use of Vara on this one for the uh, Winlink system. Uh, VHF and FM or VHF and UHF. There is a Vara FM protocol as well. Cheap stuff, Emil. <laughs> it is cheap. And there's the star of that uh, ending of the video there. But anyway, it is cheap, George. And, um, you know, for being free, they sure do have a very responsive developer community in some of those apps. And that always amazes me how much time they put into these so that we benefit and can use them. So I'm, I am absolutely uh, amazed at what that Vara protocol is capable of signal to noise ratio wise and in the speed, of course, um, as compared to some of the other stuff out there like the P4 Dragon and in other modes. So they putting that into our hands to use, so we might as well use it, right? All right. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Really cool stuff. And cheap. And cheap. Price is right. What happened to your uh, cheap ham certified uh, logo? <laughs> I was expecting to see that at the end. Yeah, I, it's still in my, my YouTube channel there. I'm going to have to break that one out. I haven't used it in a while. Yeah. I've used cool. it a few times myself. Well, Tommy, we got a postcard here. We do. Right here. Have you got a picture of the postcard? I do have one. If I can figure Ooh. out where it is. It's right there. Okay. This came from our friend, Timmy, OH7T. You guys, if you hear him, he's... Uh, been a good friend of the show for years. Um, anyway, it says, Greetings from Isle Rugen. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Isle Rugen, Germany. He said, It looks like some a good exp expedition place. 73 to May, oh, And uh, But anyway, it does. It's pretty pretty interesting looking. When I saw the card, though, I, I thought it looked like Germany. That would be a nice... Uh, I... He said Isle, didn't he? Uh-huh. You could do islands on the air there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool-looking place. Yeah, it is. I went to Germany. You know, I went to Germany this year 
well, I guess it was actually the end of last year, near Thanksgiving. It was a really cool place to go. I, I never thought much about going, but uh, it's a beautiful country. What, what, what bit I saw of it, I'd like to go back sometime. Yeah. And thanks for sending that to me. Cool. Well, let's see. Next up. Oh, Mike. It's your turn with a, I don't know, is this a post, an email? What you got here? This this is a uh, is a post, and it's from a an article from the IEEE uh, uh, engineering folks. They produce a um, a, ma- a monthly magazine, also uh, bulletins, uh, weekly bulletins, and it was in their latest bulletin. And it's about um, how they're able to convert water vapor and sunlight. Um, am I leaving out anything? Oh yes, and a CO two into uh, into kerosene. So we were talking about that. Uh, I think on the last segment about wouldn't it be nice if we had a use for all that extra humidity you have down south there? Well, here you go. Um, you might want to consider starting up one of these plants and produce kerosene out of all that excess moisture in the air, and um, get rid of some of that carbon dioxide and. And uh, you've got plenty of side light down there, so sounds like a an ideal place um, to to set up shop. <laughs> but um, anyway, I found that pretty interesting, and it just seems to be timely because we were talking about that recently at the last segment. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We we do have an abundance of humidity. Yeah, <laughs> and no problems there. Yeah, and please really. please keep it down there. We finally <laughs> got rid of ours. I'm waiting for you to send one of those polar vortexes down this way. Well, actually, you know, uh, temperature-wise, it's been pretty good. It's only been between 291 and 293 degrees Kelvin during the day. So. <laughs> nice. I'm not doing Fahrenheit. No more Fahrenheit and Celsius conversion. That's it's over. Somebody else can do the math from now on. Everything's going to be in Kelvin. Was that a setup, Tommy? Did y'all coordinate that? No, but it worked out quite well. It did. (laughs) Wow. Okay, yeah, nobody will know what you're talking about. At least down here. Would you like a good quick way to erect your portable antennas at the next ham radio outing? Then check out the MFJ1914 Lightweight Antenna Support System. The MFJ1914 is a stainless steel antenna mass mount system and it comes complete with four 15-inch heavy-duty tapered galvanized stakes with outer pins for secure ground mounting of your favorite MFJ telescopic mast. It includes two sturdy U-bolts that will hold up to two and a quarter inch outer diameter mast. Telescopic mast and portable operations are more popular than ever, and the MFJ1914 will help you get your antennas up in the field quickly, easily, and safely. Assembly takes only a few minutes with a Phillips head screwdriver and a wrench. When you're ready to deploy your antennas, Just place the MFJ1914 mount system on the ground and use a hammer to drive the four tapered stakes into the ground for a sturdy, secure mast mounting base. Attach your mast and antennas, telescope your mast, and get on the air from almost anywhere. 
and depending upon your mask, antenna choices, conditions, and location, guying may not be required. When you're ready to enjoy the next soda, poda, iota, field day, or any outdoor radio operating event, take along your MFJ telescopic mask and MFJ 1914 stainless steel antenna mast mount system and get on the air. And it's perfect for your backyard or MCOM uses too. MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at MFJEnterprises.com. A pretty good job of keeping the cost down on this one. Do you want to set it up? Well, actually, I guess you could say it's it's a double feature. <laughs> because it's it's kind of like uh, two segments in one, and they would have probably made uh, two uh, good uh, amateur logic shorts, but I decided to throw them together in one video. Um, but anyway, it's uh, it's a definitely cost compliant digital multimode hotspot, and uh, the second half of that is how to add M17 to PyStar. Digital Multimode Hotspot and adding M15 to PyStar. I stumbled on these inexpensive MMDVM hotspots and I decided to order one. It was free shipping and my order took about two and a half weeks to arrive. I ordered it as shown, but be careful when choosing your options before you check out. I chose to order the JumboSpot MMDVM board with the aluminum case, which didn't add much to the total cost. I have found that it is better to purchase your Raspberry Pi Zero W elsewhere. Other than the Raspberry Pi, it came with everything else, such as mounting hardware, antenna, and GPIO header connector pins, should your Raspberry Pi Zero W not have any. More on this later. The JumboSpot kit is a fully self-contained digital hotspot supporting DMR, D-Star, P25, and Yaesu System Fusion. It's fully assembled and tested in a ruggedized aluminum enclosure. All that's required for portal operation is a mini-USB power source and a Wi-Fi-based internet connection. Also, if you didn't order a Raspberry Pi Zero W, you'll need that as well. Some of the product's features are built-in Wi-Fi, built-in 0.96-inch OLED display, built-in LED indicators for the status of power, PTT, COS, and mode. It's fully tested and comes preloaded with the MMDVM firmware. It has up to 10 milliwatts of RF power and comes with an SMA antenna connector with the UHF antenna included. The specs mention VHF 144 to 146 MHz, but I think that must be a misprint. If you decide to use the Raspberry Pi Zero W board without the GPIO pins, you'll have to solder on the included GPIO pins before you can install it on the board. When soldering in my GPIO pins, I like to install them on the board first by plugging them into the daughter card and then plugging them into the Raspberry Pi. Then I secure the two boards together using a piece of tape. Be sure to check that the pins are properly inserted and that the two boards are parallel before soldering. Secure the MMDVM and Raspberry Pi boards using the included hardware. Pay attention to potential shorts if using a Raspberry Pi Zero W with a full set of GPIO pins. I suggest covering the OLED display connections with a piece of electrical tape. 
Okay, that's it for the hardware. Now it's time to open up a web browser and head over to the PyStar website at www.pystar.uk slash downloads. Once you've downloaded the image file, you'll need to burn that image file onto a microSD memory card. For help with this, head to the link to W1MSG's video on how to do this. Craig has done a great job on making this video, and much better than I could. Hi. Again, using a web browser, let's head over to Alessio's website where we'll find a script that he has written to add the M17 bits to PyStar. To successfully run M17 Gateway, your MMDVM modem or hotspot needs firmware version 1.6.0 or better. For these next steps, you need to access your PyStar web interface. So connect to your PyStar hotspot and go to the configuration page, then click on Expert. From the Expert page, click on SSH to open up in terminal mode. We'll need to permit write access, and to do this, type rpi-rw. For simplicity, we'll also change to super user by entering in sudo space minus s. Note the change in the command prompt. We'll need to enter the following curl command, as shown on the screen here. I like to type long command lines into a text editor, then I simply cut and paste into the command line. To paste into your SSH session, simply right mouse click and an option to paste from the browser option should appear. Paste into the text box and then just press enter. As soon as you press enter, lines of code should scroll by in your terminal window. Just be patient as this operation will take a few minutes to complete. Once complete, you'll see a message at the bottom of your screen indicating that M17 is now available on your system. At this point, all we need to do is reboot your Pi. Do this by typing in reboot and pressing enter. After PyStar has rebooted, go to the configuration page. The M17 mode option switch should be listed directly below the NXDN mode. Go ahead and switch on M17. Scroll further down the configuration screen, you'll find an M17 reflector drop-down list. Select your preferred M17 reflector and module. Once you're happy with your settings, don't forget to click on the Apply Changes button when you're finished. Let's have a look at the dashboard page. Note that M17 mode is enabled, and a green M17 net indicates that we are connected to an M17 network, and any M17 calls are logged. Okay, I ran into one snafu, a little anomaly, and that is my display currently displays M17 calls as P25. And that's likely because the uh, software which controls the display hasn't been updated. I need to work on that, so stay tuned. Well, once again, that's all for now. Hope you enjoyed this segment and adding M17 to your PyStar. For now, 7-3 from VE3MIC. Okay, Tommy. On the cheapness scale. He's, a, he's on up there. I mean, down there. I'm I mean, down with that. Clearly, <laughs> everything email used was free. Yeah. But Mike didn't spend a whole lot of money on that either. So. Yeah. Well, technically... <laughs> um, I might have to uh, yield 
to the VE3 MIC on this one because that Vera protocol, <laughs> if you register it, is not free technically. Uh, how uh. much is the registration? $69. Okay, oh, so Mike. Mike. Oh, Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. I think we have a new champion for the week. <laughs> now, now, technically, you don't have to register it, but I think Mike might have edged me out on that one. Hmm. Okay. Well, I have to tell that. you what, they were they were so cheap. I bought I bought two of them, Emil. Nice. Wait a minute. They're cheap at half the price. You better oh, do wait some a minute. calculating there. Come <laughs> on, let me get my uh, pin. How much was close. that first one, Mike? Hmm? It could be close. Yeah. Wasn't it twenty eight <laughs> something? How much was that first one, Mike? <laughs> Um, I thought it was twenty three, and then it's about fifteen dollars for the well okay. up here. It's fifteen dollars for the Pi Zeros W. So that times two inflation Canadian exchange rate. Nope, I won. I might have won, George. Yep, he probably calculated that in Kelvin's email. <laughs> <laughs> so burn, as my daughter would say. <laughs> so I, I gotta ask. So you've got M17 on Pi Star now, which is cool. But what? What can you do with what it? What can you do yeah. with it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, when the whole M17 project came about, um, I thought, okay, well, we're hams. We experiment uh, with new modes and new technology. So um, I was okay with that. And um, I'm glad you asked me that question because. The ubiquitous uh, MD380 uh, handhelds, which I think you and Tommy both have one of those kicking around somewhere. Yep. Um, they're essentially a DMR handheld UHF radio. And um, thanks to, uh, I'm sorry I forgot his call, Travis Goodspeed, who did the original uh, hack, managed to reverse engineer the firmware on the MD380 and, uh, you know, gave us custom firmware for the MD380. Um, because of his work, the M17 team was able to use that uh, information to create uh, or, or put on uh, the M17 protocol directly onto the firmware. So they have a new firmware, um, which, uh, well, I guess I'm going to commit myself. So next, next, next segment will be on... Uh, converting my MD380 to run uh, M17 natively. So, so uh, but is for it now a, all my testing was done with uh, Droidstar. So is it like all or nothing? Uh, M17 and no DMR? No, no DMR. Is it both? No, it, it's both. It's both. Oh. It doesn't uh, affect the radio as far as I know. Um, all that's all that's required for this hardware mod, apparently uh, the audio bandwidth has to be opened up just a tiny bit for it to work properly with M17. So uh, that apparently doesn't affect normal normal operation of the HT. Well, interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing that. My MD380's been sitting on the shelf for so long, I don't even know if it still works. Yeah, I'll use it. it. I'll use it. On the net when I'm checking in with all the different modes. Not every week, but the, the team has a hardware project as well. Um, now, I haven't been following it too closely, but if you go to the m17project.org site, 
Um, there's all kinds of information on their site about that. And um, these boards are essentially like, remember the original, um, what were the GSM boards to put D-Star on a regular uh, commercial radio? Um, it's something similar to that. And um, actually, it will do the same thing, except for this time, this time around, it's for M17. So if you don't even have an MD380, a lot of the uh, commercial two-way radios uh, can utilize one of these boards uh, to turn it into an M17 radio. Hmm. Interesting. There's been a lot of movement on the M17 project since I first looked at it. Uh, when did we do that segment? About, I don't know, two years ago? But uh, anyway, they're, they're, uh, they're going full steam ahead and... Uh, I guess I guess a lot of the thanks and, and the reason why it works with PyStar, although PyStar doesn't officially support M17 yet, but um, I think, yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I believe it was Jonathan Naylor that wrote the code into the MDVM firmware, and that's why you needed uh, 1.6.0 or better uh, firmware for the M17 to work properly. Uh, because he added that um, codec into the into the firmware. Well, obviously more than the codec, but uh, yeah, he added all the looking. bits to make M17 work on M. You had M- you had me MDM. looking at the uh, firmware on mine. I'm on 1.5.2, so I'll look forward to seeing what you were doing on that too. Yeah, 1.5.2 on your uh, M5BOC board. You do yeah, board. correct. And you need like one six or above, he said. I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I haven't tried to update mine lately. Did you? Have you tried yours, Emil? Yeah, yeah. They. I just looked at the uh, normal site I usually go to for that modem, and it, it's still on one five two late. So it must be in development, basically. Okay. Cool. My um, multi-mode repeater is is now M seventeen capable. I. Uh, I wasn't running the uh, latest firmware either for MMDVM, but uh, I updated it and um, it's uh, it's working okay. As far as I can test it, I have no way of testing it uh, via RF. So any any of my testings that was done was done over the network. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're going to be back in just a moment. First, a message from ICOM, and and don't go away because Tom is going to do a little world exploring here. Well. Some globe trotting. Globe trotting, yes. Like Metal Arc Lemon. <laughs> Keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. ICOM's high powered base stations cut through pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Contest from the comfort of your home or remotely with the RSBA1 app. Heard it, worked it, logged it. The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 changed the way entry-level HF is designed. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3 inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. The real HF fun starts here. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver brings direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. 
This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. Faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. 4.3-inch color touchscreen TFT LCD, real-time high-speed spectrum scope, and waterfall display. Smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels, dual watch operation, and full duplex operation in satellite mode. ICOM's IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR can pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM 7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. RF Direct Sampling System 110 RMDR Independent Dual Receiver Dual Digicell ICOM's IC7851 gives you a new window into the RF world and is HF excellence unparalleled with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. It's truly the pinnacle of HF perfection. Dual receivers, digital IF filters, memory keyer, digital voice recorder, high-resolution spectrum waterfall display, enhanced PC connectivity, and SD memory card slot. Learn more about all these great ICOM radios at icomamerica.com slash amateur. Well, Tommy, does this one require any setup, or is it all in the video? It's, it's all in the video. Might, might have some comments at the end of it. Let's go ahead and take a look. Well, I got a new toy. I got a DB Mega Globe Charter. This is from the same people that made the DB Mega. You've seen that on Amateur Logic numerous times. I still use mine. Uh, great little board, MMDVM board, multi-mode. And uh, this little device is really cool. It's a cross between a thumb DV type uh, board and an Ambi server that you can connect to remotely. And it's very convenient. It's lightweight. Uh, the power consumption is pretty low. So I've been running it off this little tiny uh, USB battery that I bought at Radio Shack when they were going out of business. And it runs pretty good while for that. I get several hours out of it. So the, you can see the package to carry around is, is very minimal. All you need is that and the cable. You can connect to a Wi-Fi hotspot with this thing, or you can plug the USB cable up and hook it up to your computer and use it like a thumb DV. And I'll show you both of those options in just a moment. First of all, let's go ahead and power it up and set it up. So I'll go ahead and just plug the power into my battery. There we go. Okay, it's booting up. File system mounted. Read config, config's okay, connecting to Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is not connected. So let's go ahead and connect it to my Wi-Fi access point here. To scroll through the menu options, just hit the menu button, just like it says right there. It's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, it says right now we're using doing Ambi server. If we hit the OK button, it scrolls through the options. This also does an Ambi dongle. We'll look at that later. Let's do the server first. So I went back to there. We'll go ahead and hit menu and go down to the next one. IP assignment is DHCP. You can set your own if you want to. I just use DHCP here because it's easy. And there's the status right now of it. It's just got a local IP because it's not connected to a hotspot. And the port that you've got to open if you want to use it outside or to actually to connect your computer software to it. 
Um, I'm going to leave all that by default. Now the Wi-Fi config. The SSID is Globetrotter. So I'm going to change that. So I'll hit the OK button. And it's going to let me... I can go through and type that in. Uh, my hotspot is broadcasting the name. So I'm going to go ahead and go down through the list by hitting the menu button again. And hit down to where it says scan right here. And I'll hit OK. And it's scanning for Wi-Fi. It brings up the list of all the ones around there. Well, you see the one with my call sign on it. Let's go ahead and hit that. Now we set the password. I'm not going to show you my password. To select it, it's a little bit awkward. It's not bad after you do it a time or two. But when you hit the menu button, it scrolls through the letters. Lowercase, uppercase, and the uh, punctuation and everything. It's also got your control options. Uh, see, there's uh, delete. I put those in by accident, so I'm going to back them up. The first one of mine starts with an R. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. R. And then we go down to the next letter until you get to the end of it. Now, I'm going to do the rest of it off camera because I don't want you to see my password. You've got DEL for delete, RDY for ready or OK, and CAN cancels the whole operation and takes you back out of the menu. Well, I'm going to go ahead and hit enter on RDY to exit come out. Oh, so save the settings. Press OK. There. Now it's starting up the device. Okay, look, it got an IP address from my hotspot. So that's definitely one of mine that my device is giving out over there or my access point. So it should be on the network. So I'm going to try my phone out. Before we started, I've, I've played with this before. I reset it earlier, but before we started all this, I got I downloaded two pieces of software, Blue DV, I've had on here, and then I downloaded Blue DV Ambi, and that's what we're going to use because it's going to use this Ambi server. Now we're going to go into setup, put in all your information, um, D, your DMR info, all that good stuff your Ambi server and put in your IP address that it gave you and the port that that you set up if you changed it I just left it at the default and we'll do submit next let's uh, hit connect and we can see it connected to my Ambi server and we'll go ahead and connect to 30 Charlie that's probably the one that's got the this is on D star um, so to change it, you can go up here. This is this is not a segment about the uh, Ambi uh, software here. It's about the DV Mega Globetrotter. But short of it is, I'm just going to use the US Trust Reflector for this one because 30 Charlie is probably the busiest one in the world and I'm going to have a best chance of hearing somebody on there. So we'll hit the green button. Link to R E F 0 3 0 so I'm on 30 Charlie and what you know what you know is nobody's on there let's look and make sure that we're connected and we should find ourselves in there and there we are so we're definitely connected and now we could tap the uh, screen here and start call somebody if we want to or whatever the other good thing about it is it doesn't work with just your phone it works with the blue DV software on the computer let's go over here and run the blue dv software that's on the computer so 
Then we'll go into menu setup and let's make sure that it's set up right. So I've got I went ahead and set all my stuff up and we're gonna do some DV or DV stick and we're gonna turn on use ambi server, put in our IP address and make sure our port's right and click save. Now we're gonna open the serial port which connects us to our ambi server and you can see on right here on the status it says connecting connected. Let's go ahead and connect D star. I do D-Star because I like it. I'm more familiar with it. If you're a DMR guy or Fusion guy, you can do the same thing with it. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to do link. W5ERX from W9LW loud and clear. And there's somebody in there. So I finally got caught somebody on this time. W5ERX. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm just... Uh... It's really cool. So I'm going to go ahead and unlink that and let's, let's change this up a little bit. So you can also use it as a dongle. So let's go ahead into the menu. We'll scroll through the options. Uh, it says uh, Ambi server gives us our info. Oops. The system Ambi server. We'll click OK. Scrolls us through to Ambi dongle. We'll go on out to let's just to save the config. Just keep tapping it. There it is. Save settings, okay, and it's restarting, so we can disconnect that, hook it up to our computer over here. The device is hooked up. This is a Windows 10 computer. I didn't add any drivers or anything to it, so I'm going to go ahead into the menu setup, and let's turn off Use Ambi Server. Now I've got the uh, my DMR ID, the baud rate and stuff is set up. It, it tells you on the screen right here, the baud rate is 230-400. That's what I've got set up right here. We'll click save. We'll open the serial port again, which will connect. Oops, can't open the COM port, so let's go check it. Set up. Serial port. So on COM4, save. Now let's try it. D-Star. And let's link up again. And this guy's still on here. To, to talk, you can just tap the space bar. Use the microphone that's hooked up to your computer. So let's go ahead and disconnect off of that. I don't travel as much anymore. But I always take my handy talkie with me. But I don't always have a hotspot with me. So this is pretty sweet. I can leave this hooked up, as I mentioned, to my Wi-Fi here, open the port from on my router to this IP address that, for this device, and then I can use my cell phone and get on D-Star or DMR or Fusion, whatever, for, uh, when I'm away from home. So it's really cool. I want to thank Goose and uh, David for the software that they and the hardware and the software that they've put out for the ham community. Uh, those guys are always on the bleeding edge and uh, doing some really cool stuff for all of us. So thanks to those guys. 73. It's, it's a pretty cool little device. It's kind of neat. It's really small. But like yeah. I said, that little battery runs the thing for a long time. Some of those features it's got is, um, I don't know of anything else it does 
some of that. Yeah, not not yeah, not in one device. I mean, you can make your own uh, Ambi server, but it's mm-hmm. not really for the faint of heart like you guys did. Yeah, there's um, that was one kind of item that was missing that uh, I, until now, obviously, um, because there wasn't any uh, kind of plug and play on the go type um ambi servers that are were available to get uh-huh. and now there is so yeah. he's uh definitely filling a gap there yeah it's really nice there's also uh there's a firmware update out for it probably going to do a short uh amateur logic short sometime here in the next few weeks for that and show how to update the firmware and turn on the screensaver there's a screensaver for oh. it. um anyway it's a really cool thing i Appreciate them sending it, and uh, him and uh, David, like I said, they, they're always doing some really cool stuff for the ham community. That David writes that software. It's all for free. Lightning struck our Facebook post with um, a post from Bob Latham, DV7NIB, who wrote to our fellow members who like DIY, do-it-yourself, Lightning Detector easy is easy to build with options and even lightning simulation tests to, to test it out with. Basically, this is a little circuit that is resonant at 300 kilohertz with, uh, as he puts it, plenty of sensitivity here. And it's a great circuit for beginners. So if you're looking to break into that weather and uh, in, in the hobby and lightning for detection of lightning, this little circuit, he says, is uh, pretty darn good. And there's lots of information here. To walk you through as a beginner, and uh, if you want to get something kit formed going, this is uh, this is the chance here. Yeah, I saw that one. That's re- that's really cool. I'm kind of tempted to get the stuff together and, and build that. Pretty if you, neat. If you don't have a weather dog, it you know. Yeah, well, here lately you don't even need the weather dog for your lightning detector. All you got to do is open up the window yeah. and look look out because it's pretty much lightning. I, I was a thinking lot the lately. same thing. You could just get a dog that's afraid of thunderstorms. That's and mine. I'm sure he'd let you know every time there was a storm on its way. When any any time there's one getting close, she goes straight behind the couch and hides. <laughs> just like I mean, you can count on it. This came from Mister G. This product was used to do a workshop at the CPAC Hamfest in June 2022 in Oregon. It was a great success. Here is an actual picture of hams at work at the workshop. Here's what they use. It's the Mr. Circuit Lab number 1101B with 30 hands-on experiments. And there's a link there at the bottom of the screen. It's projects. There's a lot of components in there, and it comes with a manual. The projects are all packaged. Follow the instructions in the manual, and you build these. And it's a good activity to do at HamFest. It'd be good for youths, too, I would think. For the youths? For the youths. Because it's electronic projects, and, you know, a lot of people maybe, even though they're hams, they, they may have never done any electronics. Yeah. And... This would be a good activity. Apparently, it worked out great at CPAC this year. So, uh, check that out, MrCircuitTechnology.com, to learn more about it. This right here came through the snail mail. And if you watched the last episode of Ham College, we play some old commercials in 
in between portions of the program there. We'll play a few old commercials, maybe out of the 60s or 70s, or hmm, probably have even done some out of the 80s and the 50s as well. But A lot of black and white ones. A lot of black and white ones. And we had one, I think, was out of the 70s for California prunes. Plump, moisturized, tender, sweet, still packed with energy. All those vitamins and minerals, natural fruit sugars, just taste better. Lots better. Unnatural for breakfast. Do you realize that this plump, juicy prune cooks up in just a few minutes? Seriously. You could have a good-tasting bowlful in no time. The guy just looked like he was really enjoying the prunes. He was wearing those things out. I've never seen anybody enjoy something like that so much. So... I'm thinking he was in California. He could have been an actor. It's possible. It's art. Or either he just really liked him. Or both. Yep. And you made the comment that you had never tasted prunes before. I don't think I've ever had them. If I do, I don't recall it. Well, boy, are you in luck. <laughs> oh. oh. Arnie was thinking about us. He sent a gift came through the mail, and it's got a little note here, and it says, Noticed your lack of culinary experience during the last time college episode. They are not salty. Enjoy. From Arnie Carlson, K5ARN. It's Looney Prunes. <laughs> Looney Pruney. And we've got a big bag of them there. I have tasted them before. But dig in, man. And I'm having some sewer issues right here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah. So I guess we, we need to taste a prune. You've never done it before. I, I don't think I've ever had one. If I have, I, I, I don't recall it. Well, I don't think <laughs> I've had any since I was a kid. So I don't remember exactly what they taste like well, either. It's a good thing he said the they end. weren't salty. It's a good thing we saved this to the end of yeah. the show. They're not. What did he send us that last time? The, yeah, Pier- Pier- Pierros? Burritos. Yeah. Man. Salted licorice, basically. Yeah. Now, so I have actually had prunes before as a kid. Oh. So. Mm. You got to eat them all? It's like raisins. <laughs> it looks like. It looks like flattened raisins. It yeah. looks like it's really big raisins. Yep. Not bad. Here, dig in. <laughs> what do you think? It's better than Peritos, isn't it? Get used to them because that's what they serve you in the old folks' home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're kind of sticky. Kind of like raisin. Just a lot better. Like a big soft raisin. Yeah. They're loony, though. They're not bad. But they're not great, either. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're not bad. No, they're not bad. I'm not sure that I'm a fan of the texture of them. Yeah. Well, they usually have a great big old seed in there. Really? Yeah. And these have been, I guess, pitted. Yeah, pitted. They're pretty sticky and messy. Yeah. 
Then don't go crazy with them there, you might. I'm not going to be crazy with them. Come on. Yeah, you don't want to eat those regularly, or you will be. Yeah, we still, still got to finish the show. Well put, Mike. Well put. Well, they are um, quite sticky. I didn't. I wasn't prepared for that. So that's what happens to the old the old show notes there that you print out. Yeah. Well, thanks, Arnie. Yeah, thanks, Arnie. Now I've had them. <laughs> They're not. They're not bad, and it's they're not bad. salty. No, no, they're actually edible. They're not bad, but I don't know about that guy on that commercial. He 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 was wearing them out like they were just like candy or something, mm -hmm. man. Now I can scratch it off my list. Something I did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that sure is a snazzy shirt you're wearing there. It is. Hey, you don't have. I don't. You need to go get one. You're missing out. GML, where'd you get that nice hat? Hmm, I think I got it at Spreadshirt, the Amateur Logic Spreadshirt store, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you probably did. At shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash Amateur Logic. You got them on there just like it. The hats like you guys have on. You guys are looking sharp, too. You compliment each other right there. Yep. Same, same, uh, well, Emil, Edward. I really must say you look really snazzy wearing that ball cap. Why, you do too, Mike. Well, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw them right before the show tonight, and they both had that on it, and I'm thinking, yeah, we should have had, had some of those too. We'd almost have enough folks for a team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not uh, too much of a ball cap wearer. I hardly ever wear one. Uh, I do if I'm out in the sun. So, so are you saying we're going to have the AmateurLogic.tv uh, softball tournament at Huntsville? No, that's well, the snipe, snipe hunt tournament. Over oh, snipe there. hunting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, Ham College, you know, all college, all respectable colleges have a ball team. You know, I haven't heard from Jocelyn lately. I th I know he was talking about coming to Huntsville. I don't know if they're if they're going to make it this year or not, but he and uh, Chris and the whole family, you know, usually came down every year to Huntsville. Yeah. And maybe maybe they'll make it. Hope so. Mhm. Mm and we have there's, to There's danger just over my shoulders, so try to keep it down about the hats. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting hungry. You're not, you're yeah, not that's, talking that's, about Kaiser, are you? No, that's she. That's that's Anastasia. Oh, that's okay. the one who eats the hats. Oh. To just wait for you to sit it down. That's what she's yeah, back there for. Ex exactly. She's very observant. She, uh, Kaiser's the one who takes them. She's the one who eats them. Oh. <laughs> uh, so he gathers it for her. Yes. He's a good good old chivalrous nice dog. She's wow. the hunter, he's the gatherer. <laughs> She's the killer. <laughs> <laughs> well. You know? Yeah. We've got a brand new repeater that's going to be on the air. Well, it actually is right now. If well, it's just on this air right here. Yeah. Well, it's reached from here to over there. 
just like that uh, 433 megahertz setup I had years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that goes a little further, though, but hopefully that'll be on the air soon. It'll be W5AXC, Alpha X-Ray Charlie. Hey, what does that stand for? Amateur Experimenters Club. And it's a club we formed called the Southern Amateur Radio Experimenters Club of Ridgeland, Mississippi. And I'm the only one who lives in Ridgeland. But, uh, you know, it's sitting right here. So, I mean, we've been experimenting with it. And it's, and it's going to actually be in Jackson. Yeah, it's just across the, the, still in the Jackson. city limits. Yeah, it'll be in Jackson. Uh, North Jackson. Uh, Tommy is a member of that club. Wayne, KG5RE, is. Jeff, W5PPB. So we've got a number of hams in the area that are members of the club. Now, we've never actually had an in-person meeting yet. It's all been done digitally. But we have had meetings. As a matter of fact, this is a far-reaching club. It even reaches down south there in South Louisiana. Emil is a member of the club. And even West Florida. It's, uh, yep. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it also reaches South Canada. It's like international. South Canada. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Mike's a member too. We just, we needed to call a sign for the repeater, so we formed a club. And that's it's what a legit it is. club. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, George, as a as a representing member of the imperial faction of the club, mm-hmm. what is the official measurement standard for the club, by the way? Not to cause any trouble, I'm just asking. It's not Kelvin's. Okay. Well, I think uh, it should be. That can, that should work for everybody. No, it's watts. 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 We measure everything in watts. Gotcha. So, today... I think it was like, oh, it was a little under 100 watts out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It felt like every bit of 100 of it. Yeah. So that repeater will be on the air very soon. Uh, hopefully, I don't know, within the next week, but Huntsville is next weekend. Uh, if I can get it, get over there to the site, we'll get it on the air. Got a lot of projects going on at work. But hopefully we can get it on. If not, it's ready to go. It just needs to be taken over and screwed to the antenna. We even got a set of cans back here. But the reason I mentioned that is because right now it will not be of use to us on Tuesday nights, but you're working on that. I will be working on it. You'll be working on that. And when I say Tuesday nights, what, what am I what, talking about? I don't about? know what happens on Tuesday night. Yeah, my email? Um, I'm thinking that there's the Amateur Logic Sound Check Net, which you may be referring to. It's on every Tuesday night at around 8 p.m. Central, or uh, 1 UTC, where we get together and we talk to all the people who watch the show or just hams out there and with all these great Jeffs and honorary Jeff Brad linking us to the world, literally. We can hit all the modes, and there's even a little competition within uh, the modes, and, and you could take a shot at a, uh, a picture. We usually call it, what the heck is it? 
during the net and also answer some questions. It's a pretty fun times. Good times. Fun times. We're there every Tuesday night, and we rotate net controls. And some of the net controls are people that hang out in the chat room there as well, and uh, just just various people that we we've know. had. Uh, we've had over 120 fun times. We have. It's like a, I think this will be like 122 this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. And who is? I just I just noticed that we need to add hands over IP, so the list continues to grow for the digital modes yep. and analog, I guess. Yeah, I'll try to do that this weekend. So who is um, just coming Tuesday? That's a good that question. Controls. That would be Tom and Marty. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. And I see. Well, they're they're both right there in the chat room right now. So uh, guys, we'll be looking for y'all Tuesday night. It, this past week, it was Tommy and I, or Dean Martin and Professor Thomas. <laughs> Either or. Either or. Either way. And Tuesday will be AD0PO and WA2IVD. Throughout the month between episodes, you can check in one of our social media sites to see what's going on there. We've got several groups there. First up, we've got Facebook slash group slash AmateurLogic.tv. Uh, we're also on MeWe, uh, MeWe.com slash join slash AmateurLogic.tv. Uh, skip, I skipped around, sorry. Yeah. And you can follow us at AmateurLogic on Twitter. And there's groups.io slash, is that a G? Sorry, yeah. it's cropped a little bit. It's a G. Yeah. G slash amateur logic. Okay. So man, what is it about the G lately? I don't know. Um, you know, that was Mr. G that sent this email. Mr. G, we got yeah. D Star Gateway G, we got mm-hmm. IO groups IO G, we got the G, Professor G. Yeah, we you know. I I'm not at liberty to discuss it. Uh, you know, we don't this, want any. This show is brought to you by the letter G. We don't want anybody coming in and raiding the shack here. And <laughs> there's been some talk. I think it may have been Arnie that mentioned it last segment about MFJs having their fiftieth uh, anniversary this year. Have you heard anything? Are they going to have their annual due in October, I think it is? I I asked Richard about that, and I don't think they're going to hold the event this year. They're going to do something, but I don't think they're going to host the big event that they've held in years past. And oh. uh, For, well, probably a number of reasons. It's fun. I'm sure that they'll be doing tours and stuff again. And if you're in the Starville, Mississippi area, I believe all you got to do is just let them know, hey, I'm going to be there on such and such a date. And in the past, they've given factory tours to people at any time of the year. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's MFJ's 50th anniversary this year. That's amazing. It is. Mm Mm-hmm. So they have, uh, they they have. I don't know how many products that they have had over those fifty years, but 
Oh, it's in excess of a thousand, I'm sure. Oh, it's got to be. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, congratulations, MFJ. And Absolutely. And Jew and the whole crew. Well, I think that's about going to wrap up tonight's show. Before we get out of here, though, let's go around and see if anybody's got anything remaining that we need to talk about tonight. Tommy? No, just uh, hope to see some of you at the Huntsville Ham Fest. That'll be before the next uh, the next Amateur Logic. So, yep. anyway, hope to see some of you out there. Yep, that'll be this coming weekend, uh, 21st. I don't remember the date right off, but uh, this uh, this coming weekend, we're actually going to arrive on... The 20th and the 21st. Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, looking forward to seeing some of you over there. Yeah, in case anyone's interested, it's uh, 289 degrees Kelvin right now, currently. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything else you need to report? Before we go, Mike. No, I think that's about it. My iced tea's <laughs> just about out, so I think it's I think it's time to close the show. Yeah, same as pretty much same as what Tommy was saying. Um looking forward to the uh the trip up to Huntsville and meeting everybody and making contacts on the way there and back. So hope to see y'all there. Seven three. So email, where where are you gonna be? Um, over by, over by the uh, museum, the rocket museum. I've never gone to that yeah. place either, and everybody's telling me I, I got to go. I think Peter even told me a while back to go, so oh, I'm doing it this year. Yeah it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, but no, what I meant is where you're going to be on the air during the drive. Oh, probably 20 meters. 20 meters. It, yep, okay. 20 meters on the way up there. Set something up in the truck. Okay, well, we may have to get in touch because I'll have HF in the truck, so we'll be traveling about the same time, I think. So, uh, okay. But, yeah, 20 meters might not work too good between us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're probably but, a little close, but you never know. Yeah, true. All right, and for me, I'm just going to say join us in Huntsville if you can make it. At the end of the month, we'll be having another ham college. I don't know what the topic will be, but it's something else out of the amateur extra pool. That's that's coming up pretty quick. Uh, If you missed the last episode, Dean Martin actually sang the theme song. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be looking for that in the rerun. Oh, it's in there. Is it? Yeah. I'm going to have to go watch it and see what you've done now. Well, it's in there. Does it have to be theater-worthy? Um, no, you probably wouldn't notice it because we had forgotten and left the microphones turned off when he did it. <laughs> so we, There's no evidence but other than uh, the mention uh, that it happened. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode, everyone. Look forward to seeing you again next month, around the middle of the month. Seven three. Seven three. Seven three. Seven three.
You gonna sing the theme song there? <laughs> you missed it, Tommy. There was Arnie's blooper right there. Oh man, that's oh, backwards. No, it's backwards, Emil. <laughs> There's your second blooper, Arnie. 